Jill Crawford is the Senior Director of Customer Development, Retention, and Advocacy at WorkHuman. With 17 years of experience in marketing across many disciplines and a passion for mentoring and team growth, Jill brings a unique flavor to customer development and advocacy marketing. People don't like to talk about you know, post pictures of their meals either. I feel like people make fun of that, but I like to see what people are eating. I think that's interesting. More yeah. interesting than the, the classic pop. Instagram pic when you go out to eat or like you make yeah. a nice meal and you yeah. have to do. Everyone's like, wait, wait, don't eat. Inspiring. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, look, and like, look at that really fun meal. Yeah. There's a cool Instagram eats that's... first. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Without a Roadmap, the podcast for tech folks who get the job done but are still figuring it out. My name is Jonas, joined here by my co-host Cameron Curry and a very special guest, Jill Crawford. Great to have you, Jill. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. I feel like the definition of the podcast is probably should go under my very long, complicated title. Figuring it out as we go. I I love that. That's a a great segue. So uh, Senior Director of Customer Development, Retention, and Advocacy. It's definitely a mouthful, Um, but I'd love to hear in your words uh, a little bit more about what's going on behind that title. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny is I think a lot of times um, folks look at that title, they're like, what are you advocacy? Are you customer success? Are you marketing? And so my role is actually on the marketing side of things at WorkHuman. So our team supports the customer strategy team as a whole, which actually encompasses customer success. So it's really customer strategy is the umbrella term for the entire organization that we support and and sort of fall into in a dotted line. So Customer strategy encompasses our strategy and consulting team, our analytics team, our customer success team, experience and research. So um, we really enable that group. My team's job is to look at how can we take our pieces of programs that we use in ongoing customer conversations, how can they take those and bring them to account reviews, data points, content, email templates. In a lot of cases, um, sometimes we'll even execute different social programs, nurture programs, anything that we can do to help engage a customer. And a huge piece of our charter over the last year or so has really been to sort of um, help provide a stopgap to a customer success manager or a CSM is what we call them internally, to help provide useful information um, to our key customer contacts. So a CSM doesn't have to shed, you know, have that burden. And I know if our customer success folks could communicate with every single client every single day, every single person, they would love to do that. It's just they, they don't have the bandwidth to do it. So marketing is really playing a role in dripping that, that useful information um, to kind of help, um, you know, trigger those hopefully thoughtful, strategic uh, people leader conversations, um, kind of get that jump started for the team so they can not have to shutter that big burden. So that's really in a long nutshell, what that means. <laughs> yeah, that, that's super helpful. And, um, you know, 
full disclosure, when we reached out to you, we definitely thought you were in a customer success role. We're kind of on a roll here talking to folks in the customer success space. But as soon as we spoke to you, we were like, this is actually a great opportunity. I was going to say, did I, did I break yeah. your, your streak here? <laughs> no, not at all. It's an absolute pleasure. And, and it allows us to really explore a different uh, side of the customer experience and you know, one that's you know equally important and uh, one that a lot of folks might not have a lot of exposure to um, because customer success as you know, monolith is you know, kind of follows a pretty standard structure at most companies, especially when you're not large enough to justify having a separate, you know, organization focused on, on what you just mentioned. Right. Right. Yep. Totally. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious it, from traditional in terms of like the difference between, uh, you know, traditional customer success, how would you uh, kind of think about the, the actual impact of your team's work and, and how it relates to driving customers towards, you know, their desired outcomes? Yeah. I mean, um, it, really thinking about um, like a customer advocate, like what it means to be a real customer advocate, that type of. Right. Am I? Yeah. So I think, um, really one thing that's any type of customer success role or customer marketing role or anyone who's really engaging with these folks, I think the first thing you need to think about is doing what's in the best interest of the customer Um, and really looking for, I mean, my job and I think the customer success job as well is to provide opportunities for them to connect with one another and then the right folks at WorkHuman to help them throughout their journey and throughout their life cycle as a customer. Um, and I think being a good listener, hearing their concerns and their feedback and really starting to actually translate that into actionable solutions to help them with whatever it is that they're looking to do. Um, and I actually think something that's really interesting about this too is it's really connected to customer experience. And that's a team that we work with an awful lot on the customer marketing side. And um, we're really kind of tied at the hip, which is great. Um, because experience actually drives advocacy. So if you think of my like a crazy, really long title, I think if you have an appropriate customer experience and you feel valued, you feel supported, then that's going to be, make you become a customer advocate. You don't just become, you don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to be a customer advocate of work human. Like that's not how it works. I mean, we wish it did, <laughs> but we want to make sure that we're sort of fostering that, that relationship and that experience to drive a ton of advocacy. And actually when I was preparing for this podcast, I was looking through like some of the different books. I have like a whole bookshelf of on top of all sorts of crazy French bulldog memorabilia. <laughs> um, but there's a bunch of books and I was looking through this one and I was like, Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about it. And it's called customer what, and it's by Ian Golding. Um, and he is such a, a smart gentleman. And the whole book talks about um, and the reason I thought it was appropriate for this is it talks about delivering an appropriate experience and how those moments and what he calls them are moments of insight, elevation, and pride, and how that can really uplevel you as a company. And it can really set the stage for partnering and developing those really deep relationships that can help you ultimately grow as a business. Um, and it actually also has a ton of practical tips. So I know mm. sometimes these books are very theoretical and it's difficult mm. to kind of see how mm. the rubber hits the road, but I feel like this book does a good job of balancing both of those things. So I highly recommend it to anyone who is looking to learn more about that. But yeah, I think the biggest thing experience driving advocacy is huge for okay. us. 
I'll definitely add that on my reading list when I make the drive to Austin. Yes. It's like an 18 hour drive. So <laughs> I'll put it on my iBooks. Yeah, put my it on iPad. Audible. <laughs> yeah. You have an and affiliate we'll link. <laughs> I know, I know. I should. I should like talk to Ian and be like, hey. Right. <laughs> book. It really, in all seriousness, like I'm not, you know, it's a really interesting book. And he, um, he, he has a, a British accent. So it's also very, right. um, you know, he's, <laughs> done a, he's done a couple of workshops. Um, oh, nice. In, they've been wonderful. So I um, highly recommend it. I got it. On the, the topic of customer marketing, can you um, paint a description of what the difference is between prospect and customer oh. marketing? We all know like the tr- traditional marketing in the sense that most people think about it is like marketing to people that aren't using your product yet to get them sure. in the door to make them an actual customer. Yeah. And one thing, especially here at Parley, we're trying to think about more is just the general customer marketing and what type, what that looks like, how to do it, and like what's most useful for customers when it comes to marketing towards them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a great question. So <laughs> um, I, it's funny because um, I do think that customer marketing is a fairly new discipline um, I've talked to different folks, um, you know, from Gartner and, you know, trying to dig in to be like, you know, are we on the right path? Do we need to switch? Like what, what's going on? And it's actually been a little difficult to kind of find, um, you know, more information on the customer marketing side. But in my, you know, couple of years that we've, I've been in this role, I think what I'm finding is that it's really two interconnected disciplines. And if you think of them as a life cycle or a flywheel, kind of like how I was mentioning earlier, um, for acquisition, um, that's what we, we call it at work, human customer acquisition, um, or you know, proper demand gen, I, it's about getting folks into the funnel, like you mentioned. It's about nurturing them to get them to the stages ultimately to close. So that's a part of the life cycle. And then once they close, that's sort of where, you know, we come in on a customer marketing side or customer development, and we call it, as we call it, at work human. And it's about moving folks through that part of the life cycle. We want to welcome them to the family. We want to be super intentional about the experience that they have, because that experience is going to drive the advocacy, which ultimately drives, you know, more upsell, cross-sell, that type of thing. Um, and, the, th- the things we want to do and what we look at here, especially on the customer marketing side, I think when you're thinking of prospect, you want to, you want to get that meeting. You want to get those like at bats and we still want the at bats, <laughs> but in, in sort of a different kind of way. So we would just want to make sure that we're supporting their launches. Like we want to make sure their launch is successful. You certainly don't want to go through a hot mess of a launch mm-hmm. and then expect that client to be like getting the warm and fuzzies, right? It's like they haven't even started using the product. And now right. they're like, what is this, right? So it's important that we're making sure we set them up you know, for that highest ROI. And I think the other thing that we do on the customer marketing side, customer dev, is educational details along the way. We partner with our strategy and consulting team on this, like tips and tricks, details about enhancements, Mm -hmm. even information about downtime. Like we want to communicate when things are, you know, happening. Um, And ultimately, like I said, deepen the relationship um, you know, deliver on that promise of the really, um, of the ROI that we promised them in the sales cycle. Um, I think we've all gone through experiences, whether it's on the consumer side or when we're, you know, if you buy something and then you open up the package and it's right. not what you expected. 
And we don't want that to be the case, um, you know, with our customers, we want them to have that same moment of, of elevation and pride, like throughout the entire peak. We don't want them to have peaks and pits. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really kind of help with that. And ultimately just, you know, getting to that promise that they had when they signed on the dotted line and ultimately a longer term partnership. When you like working with different companies, you ultimately gravitate towards them. Like if you had a terrible salesperson in a sales cycle, like I've had this happen in my career where we have a vendor and I'm like, like, I just don't think I can like deal with this human right, right now. <laughs> um, they're just, you know, they're obnoxious. You can tell that they're not. Um, and we just want to make sure that we're really like thoughtful, authentic, um, mm-hmm. you know, really driving like the promise of what we sell to be fair. Um, but I think that is the difference. I hope that helps. Yeah, it does for sure. Um, I think another um, kind of marketing bucket that also gets talked about frequently, more frequently now is product marketing. Mm. Um so what are your thoughts on those two? Are they one and the same almost customer product marketing or is product marketing um, or is customer marketing kind of part of product marketing since when you're doing yeah. like these new feature releases or new product updates or services, whatever you're doing for your, your company, you're also making those announcements, not only to um, non-customers like the prospects mm-hmm. still or people that are still just out in their market and also your current customers that are going to be using those new updates or services as soon mm-hmm. as they're ready for them to be used right that's a good question um i think that the way we we work at, at work human um is we we work with the product marketing team almost as like a um a, a collaboration or a consultancy mm-hmm. So if you think about um, the acquisition team is super focused on the communications and the the programs and the things to get those future customers engaged. And when you think about our team um, and they work with product marketing in a a similar sort of consultancy type of way, like how are we going to position this product or thing or feature as it aligns to a pain point? And we do a very similar type of exercise with our product marketing team is thinking through um, the messaging is a little different because a lot of times the folks that we're talking to on the customer marketing side already have a product or a subset of products. And so what we want to do is, is talk to them about it in a little bit more of an advanced way, like social recognition. Our customers have it. We certainly don't want to say, you know, do you know what social recognition is? These aren't the words, but mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we're a bit more um, advanced about that and something that we're looking for to do in the future is thinking about like the life cycle marketing aspect of that. Mm-hmm. So take it almost a step further with the product team where not only are we understanding where the accounts are in the life cycle, but we're talking to them where they are in the life cycle. Right, right now it's a little peanut butter spread, mm-hmm. but um, that's something that we're looking to do in the future. So they are a huge partner to us in terms of thinking about how we're going to position things in a, in a thoughtful way, depending on the audience. Mm-hmm. So st- sticking on the same topic of like um, kind of grouping accounts based on their lifecycle stage within the work human um, customer lifecycle, are, are there any other ways you all are um, kind of um, grouping accounts, users, people mm-hmm. with similar characteristics to then do customer marketing outreach so that the messages are tailored specific to who they are, how they're using your platform, how long they've been a customer, things like that? Yeah. So one thing that we're, we're looking at um, while we're starting this process now and customer marketing has definitely been something um, that's been evolving over the time I've Mm -hmm. been at work human. Um, I think, you know, there's always a heavy, every company I think is similar to this where 
there's a heavy investment in acquisition marketing. And so um, we're kind of leveling that out a little bit, which is wonderful, but there's been a few years of just that hasn't necessarily been the case, Mm -hmm. Um, which is exciting though. And I think what we're um, noticing is that our customers deliver a ton of value um, to the organization as a whole and into our business growth. But what we've been looking at is there are almost two different types of people, personas at these accounts. And one persona is the person who's kind of in the weeds with our program. We call them a program manager or a program owner. They know the ins and outs. They're really kind of a CSM's main point of contact. And then we have folks who are maybe more higher level. They could have been involved in the program when it was being sold. They could have been involved like early days in the launch. And I think that there's two different groups where you're a program manager, you probably are looking for much more information that maybe is a bit more like in the weeds, like tactical. How do I best use, you know, timelines? How do I best sort how to make sure we're managing our budgets effectively? Like those types of things. If you're more on the the higher level side, decision maker, whatever you want to call it, you're probably more focused on like, how is this actually going to drive like ROI? How is this going to make the business grow? How is this going to help us with our people strategies. And the messaging is just different and the materials are different. So we're evolving to that where we're starting to think about like who are the different groups within the account and what are the types of information they want to receive and how do we make sure we deliver on that promise just so we're not sending the same things to everyone. Um, And it could get even deeper, like a, a person who manages performance may care about something completely different than a person who's focused on, um, you know, HR compensation and and benefits, for example. So we just want to make sure that we're trying to give those folks the right things um, when they need it. So we're starting that journey. Um, And the the life cycle, I think, will come once we get some of those bits sorted. But like you said, without a roadmap. (laughs) (laughs) I love the puns. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun to figure it out as you go though. And I think our customer strategy team has just been such a great um, partner in all of this, like really helping us dig in and um, understand where the business is going so we can be super aligned and, and do the right things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's always great to have the, the capacity to, to really like produce content for your various personas. Uh, I know Casey, our content marketing manager listening in now is, is uh, cringing at the thought of having to build persona based marketing strategies, but you know, it's as tough. we scale, yeah. it is tough. I mean, and we still struggle with it too. I think it's hard because one thing um, we try to do a lot of is like, recycle content in Casey's probably, you know, very familiar with this, where (laughs) you take a piece of long form content and you may break it up into snackable bits and you use it in different form factors. So that's something that I think um, we're starting to get a little more keen on where we're not like recreating the content wheel every five seconds. And it's much easier said than done to do this. It's almost like you have to create the content with the snackable bits in mind, which is also difficult. Um, but if you can get a couple of successes and wins, it helps the content team, um, at least in our case, um, see the value of that where not everything has to be net new. So that's exhausting, to be fair. 
Yeah, that's funny you say that. We we did have a stint where we had uh, product snacks, which were yeah. um, a, <laughs> literally snackable bits of information that uh, basically providing like video, uh, bite-sized video content that mm-hmm. we could, you know, share along with blog content because not everybody wants to read, uh, you know, these, uh, you know <laughs> high level, no, think- you know. People don't have the attention span these days. And I think, and depending on the persona, <clears throat> excuse me, like some folks can't get out of their day because they're in meeting Palooza 24 seven. And then you have some folks who are yearning and, sh- and looking for that, you know, content. So they, they want a longer form piece and it just depends on how you've learned too. Um, so if you can kind of give everyone everything again, Casey's probably cringing long form, short form. What are you saying? But <laughs> Um, I think it, it's hard. The content thing is, is tough. So mm. if anyone can figure that out a hundred percent, then hit us up, please yeah. LinkedIn me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, while all this talk about content, uh, I have to plug uh, our user success guide that just launched today. And it, it actually touches on a lot of topics that we're actually talking about. Um, so feel free to take a look on uh, the Parlor LinkedIn page to find a, a link to the product time post. I would uh, like to but, see that as well. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'll check that out. Sounds great. Yeah, we'll send it yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I actually want to transition a little bit and talk about WorkHuman because your company is in a really interesting uh, position, you know, to, to kind of come out of the pandemic with, uh, you know, the success that you've seen uh, kind of, you know, fortunate or unfortunate given uh, circumstances. Um, but, you know, as an HR company, it's obviously, uh, you know, that's supporting or enabling this, the remote work world. Uh, it's, it's great to see that you guys are doing the work you're doing. Um, and, and social recognition is, is kind of one of the, the terms that gets used in, in the work human, uh, you know, the language a lot. So I'd, I'd love to hear your, uh, you know, your thoughts on kind of the idea of social recognition and you know, how impactful and important it is in these remote working worlds that we're finding ourselves in today? Yeah. Oh, great question. And I, I'm so, I feel so fortunate. Like every day I know everyone has had different things, you know, throughout this last year. So I feel very fortunate to be part of a company that's growing and expanding and being able to really help people, um, you know, in this kind of future of work, if, if, if you will. Um, but I think one thing that could be important is to ground folks in like what social recognition is, because I think not everyone is familiar with that term. Um, it's really a peer-to-peer program that allows employees to recognize each other. So I could say, Jonas, you know, what a great job you did on this podcast today. And I want to recognize you for that. And it just lets everyone feel like they can be seen and heard and appreciated for the good work that they do. And I think the impact of that is incredibly profound. We all want to be working and feeling like our work is contributing to something. And having just someone say a simple thank you and showing gratitude means a lot. And I was, um, I was looking at some different research that we had in, in preparation to this too. And I, the cost of turnover and people are turning over in jobs. That's nothing new, right? Like that's been happening before the pandemic, but $600 billion in 2018, according to the the Work Institute, and the importance of having an effective recognition program to help combat some of that can really help your business in Mm. the long run. Um, But I think what could be more important is the, the contributing to culture 
when you're working remotely. Um, and businesses that are thriving today really are fueled by the qualities that define like what a human is. And if you think about work human as a whole, like defining social connection, diversity and empowerment, community, positivity, belonging, like those are all things that we just need as a human. <laughs> and when you think about a human centered organization, it's knowing that all the people that work for you are allowed to be human. They can bring their whole selves to work. Like that's, what's kind of cool about this podcast, right? Like you can be yourself, you can be vulnerable. People want that. People don't want to be like, you know, manufactured in these, these little boxes. They want to feel like they can talk about their hobbies, celebrate a birthday, celebrate a moment, like, you know, moving or, or taking a new job within the company. Like people want to celebrate that and they want to celebrate each other while they're doing it. And, you know, you think of the days where you were in a, an office and you were passing mm-hmm. around a card to celebrate someone's birthday. Like this is a way to do that without having that physical card. It's a way to do those things remotely and connect people in times that maybe they need those connections more than ever. They could be working by themselves at home. They could be at their parents' house. They could be, you know, in a house full of people and they just feel like they need to get out and and have a separate connection. So I think it's just going back to those simple human needs, like communication being seen and mutual respect. Um, And that really is, you know, what we do and and what we bring to to different organizations. That's what we help our our customers with. How do Mm. they take their programs and elevate them to celebrate those different moments to celebrate, you know, the people that, that work for them. So it's really cool. It's really exciting. And I think seeing that firsthand as a customer marketer and being able to talk to our customers is just so gratifying. Um, It's a, it's a really cool place to, to be right now. So. Yeah, for sure. I think we have, (laughs) that was great. That was, I I love those. We have, uh, I think two, uh, final questions um, before we wrap things up. I think one of them is what is um, what are some of the more creative ways you've seen um, your customers or other um, companies do some of this social recognition while being remote? That's a great question. Um, we've seen a lot of organizations that are looking for creative ways to sort of recognize their big work groups. So it, this could actually work for a small company or a large company. And we've seen a mix of it. Um, where, you know, think about like a manufacturing company, think about like toilet paper, for example, like I know none of us want to talk about TP, but <laughs> it, it was, it was very scarce. It was a thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not oh, yeah. going to lie. My basement has like still a lot of Charmin in it. Like that's a real thing, but it's, it's, you think about those organizations that had to kind of lean on their, on their employees, like in a time of just craziness, who would have thought that we needed that much like TP, <laughs> that that would be the thing that was scarce, right? Amongst many other things. Right. But they had to lean on their employees to crank on manufacturing that more and more. And so we saw in some instances like that, that we had customers that were like, well, how do I use my recognition program to like celebrate that achievement, like that resiliency, mm-hmm. that ability to sort of like dig in as a group and meet a goal that maybe you had, or maybe that just got dropped upon you because everything got thrown out the window when we had to kind of rejigger our strategies around the pandemic. And I think that customers were, were leveraging this, this thing called team awards (laughs) 
And we, it was something that we had before. And we just with this unprecedented demand of all of our customers saying, goodness, like how, how do I celebrate all of these folks that are doing these great things? We, we sort of orchestrated a way where we can do that in a really effective and streamlined way. So rather than that, you know, it's almost two different kinds of recognition, like the peer to peer, and then these like large work groups that they mm-hmm. banded together to achieve a goal to celebrate something to, you know, note that they crushed, uh, you know, the TP goal or whatever it may be. And so that was something that was kind of interesting around um, all of this, where we saw just, you know, two different types of recognition emerge where we had the peer to peer and the larger groups. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really kind of neat to be a part of that. Um, And we've seen a lot of other organizations just kind of lean into this notion of recognizing you know one another for good work whether it's like on the spot mm-hmm. you had a nice collaboration session it could be anything you think of all your meetings someone that was really well you know spoken in a meeting or really helped you with a, a challenge but then it's the the coupling of that with the celebration mm-hmm. um and we saw folks lean into that a ton especially when folks were remote not every organization went remote during this we obviously had essential mm-hmm. workers um, but you think of healthcare organizations um, definitely leaned into a lot of those things that help celebrate not only their work work, but mm-hmm. the whole human outside of work. And it, those things coupling within their program were really interesting. Um, and I know our strategy and consulting team probably has a hundred more examples of <laughs> awesome things that right. the teams have done. Um, but yeah, it's, Really cool stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Our customers are very creative. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love to hear stuff like that. Maybe we'll start doing it internally at Parlor for even more yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think um, one last thing to wrap things up is um, what would you say is the key to, to success when communicating with your customers? Yeah. Oh, great question. Again, great questions. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think, goodness, I'm still and my team. We're in such early days of, of our own journey. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what sort of led us down like a really solid path is one, uh, three things, understanding the business, like, and I nodded to that that earlier, you you have to spend a lot of time understanding what the organization is looking to achieve. And that could be different, you know, for acquisition, that could be different for developing our customers over time. But, um, and what makes a great customer a great customer? Like, who are those customers that do all the right things? And then who are those customers that maybe don't? And how do we sort of distill those, those bits and build them into mm-hmm. our strategy? So I'd say that's one. Um, the second thing is partnerships. Like we work cross-functionally with so many people. And I think that's probably the, the beauty of marketing as a whole. Like you just work with so many different teams and you get to experience different things in different parts of the business. But we're super aligned with the customer strategy team and all of the subgroups. Um, I think knowing how we can help with that partnership and not just pushing our own like marketing agenda, like we need marketing qualified customers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what do we need to do from a business standpoint and how do we partner with our mm-hmm. surrounding groups to be effective? Um, and I think last really the lens of the customer, like how do you put everything in how they're going to see it? And it kind of goes back to the, the partnerships and not pushing our own agenda. Like, yeah, there are things we want to sell. There are things we want to do. But if I was to list all those things, this is obvious, but in a newsletter, like a customer's not going to engage in that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. how do we start to think about, you know, and, and really push like framing these things out 
in, in a thoughtful way. So our customers, um, you know, feel like the, our, the life cycle is in mind in everything that we do. So I would say those are the three things that we focus on. I love it. So, well, uh, thanks again, Jill. This has been amazing opportunity to, to get a really unique perspective into customer development as well as like the future of work. So uh, thanks so much for your time. Uh, really, really hope that uh, everything continues to go well with you and the work human team and that we can keep up and connect in the future. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. What a great break in the day. Um, I'm, you know, this is fun. Like, it is, this yeah. Anytime. And don't forget to send me that, uh, that, uh, like, that user guide. For sure. We definitely will um, as soon as we hop off. And uh, for everyone listening, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, we got a marketing person here today, so they, they understand. <laughs> like and subscribe, everyone. Smash it. <laughs> <laughs>